I mean, I'm going to totally geek out here for a second. Um, do you get your Do you get your solar weather report every morning? Because you can. Uh, ben Davidson is the founder, creator of space, spaceweathernews.com. For some reason, we've, we've come to believe that the sun has nothing to do with anything. Space has nothing to do with, you know, our weather or, you know, perhaps earthquakes or volcanoes or anything like that. And we also have been taught that the North and South Pole are pretty stationary. And that is untrue as well. There have been some cataclysmic events in the history of our planet. The last one happened about, what, 780,000 years ago when the poles actually flipped. Uh, and it is a, it's a uh, kind of an earth-shattering thing. It usually happens about every 300,000 years. Like I said, we're almost up to 800,000 years now. And the poles are moving, and they're moving faster and faster, or so it seems Ben Davidson is here to... Uh, give us the accurate account of all of this. Hello, Ben. How are you? I'm doing very well, sir. It is honored, it, total honor to be back here. Thank and you. I have to apologize at the start because I will have to correct a number that you just gave. That's fine. This this is a 12,000 year magnetic excursion cycle. In addition to those long ones where the poles flip and then they stay there. There are also these much shorter ones. About every 12,000 or 13,000 years, we get a magnetic excursion, which is a rapid flip and flip back. Unfortunately for us, even though it is a rapid flip and flip back, it does come with a considerable amount of time where the magnetic field, the shield that our planet has against solar flares and so, the supernova, solar wind, goes down. Okay, so I didn't, I, I wasn't aware of the 12,000-year uh, flip and then flip back. And so... Just, you know, breaking it down for, you know, dummies like me, the the north and south pole, they drift. They don't necessarily lock together like one big magnet. Uh, but let's just say they go on this excursion and they start, you know, the north pole starts heading down, you know, into Siberia, which it is now starts to head down. And it kind of it locks into place. Uh, you know, it does a quick flip. Does it go east and west or can it go all the way and reverse the poles? On an uh, well, excursion, it, excursion. You know, there's there's conflicting evidence everywhere you look all around the world. The only thing that we are certain of, and uh, there's actually a fun story uh, behind this that became relevant just this past fall. Uh, what we know for certain is that we have these magnetic events about every twelve to thirteen thousand years. There are extreme uh, hardships, both climate-wise and, you know, extending to the more extreme extinction-level events. And at the same time, they're noticing that a lot of times the climate swings to cold during those events, uh, at least at the start of them. And so in terms of, you know, where the pole is going to end up, what is specifically going to happen at this location, that no location, idea. we're not sure. Now, the interesting story about this is we've been sort of following the uh, the really nerdy peer-reviewed literature in all of the top journals on mm -hmm. this for quite some time. And then this year, a Harvard professor published an article in an astrophysical journal. And by the way, astro, that, that's stuff in space. We should be having this in an right. Earth-related journal, geophysics. And he said that there was really no way that you could get um, an extinction-level event from these 12,000-year magnetic excursions because the amount of solar uh, light that would come in wouldn't be enough to kill everything. Now, 
in addition to that not being true whatsoever, uh, there's also more than just the solar light there. And so there's the UV we know about that makes mm-hmm. us tan and gives us sunburns, but there's also the protons and the electrons, and these are the things that we're discovering do have a significant effect on the weather, on atmospheric chemistry. Nobody wants to be breathing acid rain. Um, these things have an effect on earthquakes and on volcanoes and, and other things like that. And we sort of got in a, you know, an academic tiff, if you will, an academic yeah. fight uh, with this. And then a few weeks later, the number one Earth uh, physics journal in the world called Reviews of Geophysics. It's out of this country here from the American Geophysical Union. They came down and definitively stamped these things as probably the most prolific, if I can put it this terrible way, killers of species on this planet. Once you're getting outside of things like, oh, a, you know, a huge meteor hit right. and it killed 90% of the, you know, those are like the, the super rare ones. These are the things that happen, these magnetic excursions. These are the things that really challenge species, that take species out, that really um, really make life more difficult for okay. life on this planet. All right, so, so Ben, what I want to talk to you about is I want to, if we can, have time, cover um, the earthquakes. Like, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if any of these are connected, but we just had a really powerful uh earthquake in uh um uh oh shoot in I, all i can think of is san juan uh, in puerto rico uh, puerto rico yeah, yeah so rico. And, and quickly let me just cover this do you think this is related to what we're talking about uh in a way yes um earthquakes are going to happen yeah, no yeah. matter what and an, and an earthquake would have eventually hit puerto rico again no matter what right but the sort of thing that we're noticing is the very first people who broke these studies and who really just had a hint of what they call a correlation, a a connection between the power of the sun and these earthquakes and the weather and the volcanoes. They had this hint, and it was enough to be what they call statistically significant, but it still was just a, it was like a slight nudge. Oh, yes, the sun does nudge these things. But we are noticing that it's taking less and less for the sun to give that nudge as Earth's shield against the sun is weakening. It's the only thing standing in between what we have now and what we've lived with our whole lives, and the sun having complete control over the planet. If you, th- uh, if if people think of the planet like you know the Starship Enterprise or you know some some spaceship, um, the, what we have the electromagnetic field is shields up. Uh, and we put these shields, uh, you know, uh, up automatically. Nature does it through the electromagnetic field. And that's stopping all of the junk or the, the bullets or the, you know, phaser fire from the sun. It stops all of that. But as our poles start to drift, those shields go down and they cause all kinds of problems uh, from earthquakes to uh, severe weather I'm really quite interested also in technology. We have now we we talked about, you know, oh, my gosh, the the uh, the atmosphere and the uh, uh, what do you call it? The big holes that were above the um, uh, the South Pole, I think uh, they were. Yeah, the ozone layer. Everybody freaked out about the ozone layer having a hole in it in the electromagnetic field. Aren't we starting to see holes in the field? Yes, and we're starting to see some parts change more rapidly than others. So um, specifically, the the scariest part 
of the magnetic field right now is sitting atop of Brazil and the South Atlantic. They call it the South Atlantic anomaly. And the explanation for why it's there uh, really depends on who you ask. Uh, it does happen to be the exact point on Earth where both poles are moving away. And so, uh, interestingly enough, this isn't like a clock where if one pole's at 12 and one's at 6, they're both you know, going clockwise or counterclockwise. They're actually going in the same direction. And so while the North Pole is about to cross onto the coastline of Siberia, the South Magnetic Pole, much, much earlier, left the continent of Antarctica, and it is racing up into the Indian Ocean just south of Australia. Now, if you can close your eyes and picture what the Earth looks like, Siberia and Australia and the Indian Ocean, they're on the same longitude. These things are on a collision point. And if you take that collision point and you look at the other side of the planet, that's where the fields are getting the weakest, the fastest, and that's where it's probably going to be the scariest first. It's almost like Brazil can be our canary in the coal mine. So how long before you think we actually start to recognize this and start to have real technological problems or health problems? Well, we are... Because this is happening rapidly, right? This is not like 12,000 years, it's slowly been happening. This is now moving quickly, the polls. Oh, much, much, much more quickly. And just to give you an idea, you know, Earth lost about 10% of its strength in about 150 years from 1850 to 2000. We lost another 10% just in the last 20 years. And so that you could just do some extrapolation math there and see where things are headed and how fast they're headed there. Now, we are at a point where we are very, very lucky to in this last round of solar activity, which happened in the earlier part of the last decade. It did give us a lot of what we normally see. There were solar flares. There were those ejections of those protons mm-hmm. and electrons, phaser bullets, as you put it. I really like that, by the way. Yeah. Um, and we were seeing that weaker and weaker space weather would be able to give that nudge. Now, we mentioned that already in terms of the earthquakes and the weather, but that same thing goes for the uh, the technology as well. And so there was one solar storm we had in 2015. And, you know, you look back over the record of solar storms and you don't even pick this one out. It doesn't jump out at you at all. It was an average one. But the, for some reason, it happened in a, it happened at a time when the Earth's magnetic field didn't handle it well. There were airline problems up the east coast of the United States, in New Zealand, in Norway. There were major grid problems in numerous South American and Central American countries. Transformers were blowing in some parts of Africa and uh, in India. It was, it was really sort of the thing where I was wondering how close we came. And, of course, the, the reason why not every, um, every little burp from the sun does this you know, we are on a steady decline here with the magnetic field situation. But if you were to zoom in on that steady decline, it looks like the stock market. It does go up and down, even though there sure. is a longer trend downward. And so 2015 and actually 2014, we could notice that we were in a real down tip. 2016, 2017, we started to come back up and we peaked uh, sometime around 2018 uh, or early 2019. And we are getting ready for what they call our next geomagnetic jerk. It's a rapid jerk. They, they think it comes from the core, and it plays a considerable role in how the magnetic field is doing. It's expected to happen within the next 12 to 18 months, and my only hope, really, I can say for it, is that we don't get the same level of acceleration that we got last time. Because if we go from losing 5% a century to 5% a decade, and then we take that same jump and we lose 5% a year, 
we have 20 years to lose the whole thing and we're already down 20 you know 20 percent but we so. don't lose all of it it comes back right correct correct yeah. but it's once that it, once yeah, yeah. it's it's the sort of thing where everything is deteriorating rapidly um some science says it could happen in a matter of a day, um, but if you stretch that out two weeks, that's more than enough time. And it looks like the field will stay in this situation for probably months to a couple of years. Hmm. All right, uh, Ben, it's always uh, a delight talking to you. Um, <laughs> no way out, no way out. Uh, well, here's, here's the good news. The good news is this is the magnetic excursion cycle. And since it happens every 12,000 years, how many times have humans survived it? Yeah, okay, it, it is one thing to look at the scariness of the situation. We had one happen 60,000 years ago, about 45 to 48,000 years ago, 36,000 years ago, 24,000 years ago. The one 12,000 years ago is called the Gothenburg Magnetic Excursion. Here we are, 12,000 years, 13,000 years from the last one approximately, and Earth's magnetic field is changing like it hasn't changed in thousands of years. That's pretty clear of a picture, and there's only so many coincidences one can ignore. But it would also be unwise to recognize that every person in the world is not the descendant of a survivor of the last one. Hmm. And we have this in our DNA. We are all survivors. Ben, thank you so much. Really good to, uh, really good to talk to you. Um, you can follow him at the real S uh, zeros, or is it SOs? Um, zero yeah, S- easiest thing, yeah, easiest thing. Just look for space weather news or suspicious observers, and whatever internet search you're using, they're going to know what you're looking for. Okay, spaceweathernews.com uh, is where I go. Thank you so much, Ben. I appreciate it. God bless. Appreciate you too, sir. You too. You bet. Um, you stand in the auto body shop. So I know I'm a total geek on that, and probably four people in this audience are interested in it. Uh, but I, uh, there is everything I've ever been interested in in space uh, and the theories of science all kind of come together uh, on this. And even the government and what Eisenhower said, look, we have to be careful because the military-industrial con- uh, uh, complex is going to merge with the educational complex. Uh, and so Einstein really led this field. Uh, and the military-industrial complex came in for their own reasons and just really torpedoed this science. And up until about 30 years ago, it really was just destroyed. Now real credible people are looking into it again, and they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There is a correlation, and I'm I'm surprised you're not into it, Stu, only because so much of global warming is gone. I mean, it's just like okay, it has nothing to do with it. The sun, the sun has everything to do with global warming. What's happening to our Earth and what's happening with solar activity, you know, the temperatures were rising. Then they stopped. What a coincidence. They stopped at the same time all the solar activity stopped. <laughs> it went into its winter, if you will. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a, it's amazing work that they do to try it to is. figure this stuff out. I mean, it does seem a little, so daunting that it 
what are you going to do about it, right? I mean, like, what are you going to do? You know, it's one of those problems that's so big and so catastrophic. If it occurs, I kind of just throw my hands up and say, well, if there are, the magnetic shift happens. But I'm there are things that we can do to our satellites right now to protect, to protect them. them. Uh, and that should be that should be done. We've talked I mean, about that with EMPs, right? I mean, yeah. I mean that's just uh, something yeah. that could be done relatively inexpensively. I mean, think about GPS. GPS is degrading uh, every year. You have to you have to keep up on the GPS satellites, yeah. okay? And they have to be replaced after you know so many years, et cetera, et cetera. And they degrade, and then they burn up in in the atmosphere. Uh, let's make sure that we're on top of all of that stuff, which we are, but let's make sure we're on top of that stuff. Imagine what happens if just the GPS system goes down. I'll tell you exactly what happens. I go to work one day and never come home. That's what <laughs> That's happens. exactly right. I go, I leave the house and I don't make it to work. <laughs> <That's a good laughs> point. And I starve to death on the side of a, about a block away from a McDonald's and a supermarket. Yeah. As I have no idea where anything is. I used to be very proud of my sense of direction. Me too. I was really good at good. maps and I knew where I was going. And yep. Now it's just like I I almost I almost can't drive when I know where I'm going without the thing on. Like it just needs it makes me feel I went to the hospital yesterday. I know exactly where it is. Yep. But no, no, uh-uh. Well, now especially with the traffic data stuff. Yeah. With that you know to ways and stuff like that. Like you just well, what if there's a big accident you don't know about? It's going to route you around it. You feel dumb not turning it on. Welcome to the program. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, personal note, I want to thank you so much for your prayers uh, for my family. I-, I will tell you, I don't think I've ever been this overwhelmed <clears throat> in my life. Um, my father-in-law uh, is at Yale New Haven and, and uh, is, you know, doing the best that we can hope for um, and making progress. My wife is with him. Uh, and uh, and her mother, which leaves me with my kids, my teenage kids that, you know, like I just, I had to learn their names, uh, you know. I, apparently you have to feed them. I was I was doing laundry last night. Rafe and I were doing laundry. And uh, and he's like, is Downey the soap? And I'm like, no, Downey is not the soap. Oh, crap, we're out of soap. We've got to go get laundry detergent. I mean, it's just the things I'm lucky to say that my wife can be replaced by about five, with about five people. I don't know how she does all of this stuff. Uh, Have but, you run this by her? These five people or any five specific people? Uh, neighborhood babysitters? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Okay. No, uh, I just want to make sure so, this wasn't an actual, we weren't trying to pull something off here. No, that would be six. Okay. That would be sick. Got it. Uh, but just covering the stuff that she does every day, I honest to God don't know how she does it. <laughs> and yesterday, all day yesterday, I was um, in the hospital with my daughter who um, uh, has cerebral palsy and epilepsy. And I cannot thank the people at the UT Medical Center, University of Texas Medical Center enough. These guys are premier when it comes to uh, epilepsy and uh, it was a four-hour brain surgery yesterday, yesterday that I think is truly miraculous, truly miraculous. She'll be in the hospital for 10 days, uh, then she'll leave there and probably have another surgery um, at UT. But, I mean, the nurses and the doctors and everybody, this is world-class hospital. And Yale New Haven... So, anyway... Um, 
thank you for your thank you for your prayers um so much no yale new haven is is and and they and they're doing it every day and they do they're they're doing it you know what it is you know what it is is when you live in the south or in the west and you go back to these hospitals in the east it's almost like an eastern block hospital I mean, they're so overwhelmed, and they're in the inner cities, and they're just grinding it out every day. And Tiny they're like, buildings. I've got 400 bloodshots, right? yeah, yeah. gunshots <laughs> that I'm dealing with right now. Can you give your liver a rest for a minute? You know, it's crazy what they have to put up with. Yeah, and they're all old buildings, and they're yeah. tiny rooms. And, and the cities are crumbling. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it can be rough. So anyway, uh, thank you for that. Keep, is- keep us all in your prayers. Uh, um, I want to go and talk to you a little bit about the Iowa field organizer, uh, because I think these these people uh, are uh, are looking for a different world than you are. And they think differently than you are. Let me let me play the first clip that we played last hour where he was talking about this is a Bernie Sanders uh Iowa field organizer. So he's a low-level guy. Mm-hmm. This was from Project Veritas. But listen to what he's saying about the Soviet gulags. There's a reason Joseph Stalin had gulags. There's a right? reason he had gulags. And actually, gulags were a lot better than like what like the CIA has oh. told us that they were. Or history. Like people were actually paid a living wage in gulags. Ah. Uh. They had conjugal visits in gulags. Ooh, they could have sex. Gulags were actually meant for like re-education. Uh, the greatest way to break a billionaire of their like privilege and their idea that they're superior. Go out and break rocks control over today. Okay, so uh, you know, break them of their privilege. What about your privilege? Thinking that you are superior, that you can just tell somebody go break rocks for twelve hours a day. And honestly, how many vacation homes does Bernie Sanders need to have until he's seen in this group of really wealthy people? How is how are his own volunteers be like? Oh, these darn billionaires! Your guy's got like nine thousand homes. He's a millionaire. So do you remember when I was on Fox, maybe 2010, and I don't remember why I said it. It was not obviously in the script, but I remember talking about (laughs) something and saying, listen to me now. You are dealing with radicals. These are not Democrats. These are radicals. And I was talking to the Democratic Party and you are letting them infiltrate your campaigns. And I'm telling you right now, you think they're your friends. But in the end, they will come in and media, you should understand, it's you too. You are accepting of all of this stuff and they will go and grab your anchors and drag them out in the middle of the streets and kill them in the streets. I remember distinct, distinctly oh, yeah. saying that. You remember I remember, that? I distinctly remember you saying it as <laughs> yes, well. Right. I want you to listen to what this organizer for Bernie Sanders said. Listen. So if Trump gets reelected, what? Getting cities burned. What you gotta do? Do what you gotta do. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a lot of time left. We have to save like human civilization. And obviously, Trump don't give two about making sure that the world doesn't burn. We're gonna make 1978 look like a girl. 1978. Okay. Girl Scout. What does that mean? Remember what happened when McGovern got fucked in, in Chicago in 1978? 68. Riots. 
seeing people getting beaten by the cops. The cops are gonna be the ones that are getting beaten in Milwaukee. I'm ready to throw down now. So I don't wanna wait, have to wait for to see it. Yeah, with who though? Who, who's you gonna throw down with? Go walk into that MSNBC studios, drag those up by their hair, and light them on fire in the streets. Okay, and let me just leave you with this uh, door hanger. Uh, vote for Bernie. Um, we're well, talking about burning people. Dr- going into uh, this is interesting. He didn't say Fox. Yeah, he said MSNBC. Because they see them as not friendly enough to burn it. Correct. They know who Fox is. Mm-hmm. Fox will be in the gulags first. But they're not doing it. And he's talking about Milwaukee. Now, I'm not saying Bernie Sanders is for any of this. But I'm telling you, there are enough people that will make these nightmares come true. And media, wake the hell up. Well, there's no examples, though, of Bernie Sanders uh, underlings doing anything drastic that might, I don't know. You mean like a guy showing up like at a softball game? Yeah, maybe a baseball game, a practice, uh, maybe shoot 10% of all elected uh, Republicans. Um, Wait a minute, that did happen. Oh, that's right, it did happen. That was a Bernie Sanders supporter. That's right. (laughs) And look, you're right, he's a low-level guy, and all of these disclaimers apply. However, like you would want this rooted out from your organization. No, they don't. Wouldn't you? No, they don't. And that's the thing. They, they, they don't seem to. They don't. This seem is to. where the energy comes from mm-hmm. behind Bernie. Mm-hmm. This and, is why and you better wake up, man. Yeah, this you is better wake up when they when they talk about you know the, they admire the organization that Bernie Sanders has built. There's a reason why he's likely to last in this campaign for a long time, even if he loses early. He's got tons of money, and he's able to go on forever. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, and don't think that if the DNC they think pulls something after they pulled something last time, yeah. and don't think that Russia won't exploit that. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of these things are coming, and it's the summer in Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, and it's not you know this is more of the violent revolution mm-hmm. type of tactics, but yeah. the left will go to any lengths to get what they want. Uh, if it's violence with a guy like this, it's another way. When it comes to the higher intellectual circles, but mm. listen to this new idea. This is proposed in the Harvard Law Review. Oh, the Harvard Law Review. Now, as you know, we have a very unfair system here, and of we course. just can't get past all these. These there's all these Republicans and conservatives <sighs> that want to stop all Gotta of them. Shut them up. Um, so what do you do? I mean, gulags? it's very difficult. <laughs> gulags is not proposed oh, okay. here, though. You could get gulags done. Summary executions. Um, <laughs> that could be done through this too. Okay. I believe. All right. The new idea is to carve up Washington D.C. Into 127 neighborhoods, and in, in, I swear to you, this is what they're proposing. Implement those into the United States as individual states, giving us 177 states. Going to be a very heavy flag. <laughs> very. It's a very, very. We're going to have to make those stars those super small. Very either super small or mm-hmm. it's going to be a very large flag. <laughs> now this sounds ridiculous. However, um, the idea is. Constitutionally, all you need is a 50%. You need a majority to, to, uh, to put a state in the union. It's not a big, big heavy lift. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, it is difficult to carve up a state. Because if you were to say, like, we're going to have North Florida and South Florida, you'd need approval of Florida's legislature, who likely wouldn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. However, in Washington, D.C., 
Washington, the Washington politicians can do whatever they want. So if they were to go to 100, and, and what's amazing about this, the article about this is in Vox. You might say, well, Vox is, you know, they're left wing, but are they really going to adopt something like this? No. Okay. You might think that's too radical for them. That's the part you'd be wrong on because what they're upset about is instead of 127 states, they believe it should be 150 states. Um, because if it's 150 states, um, then you'd have 107, under the Harper proposal, there'd be 177 states. What you need to do is get uh, all the way up to 200 states because that way you can do it all with just your, you can, you can uh, amend the Constitution just with your Washington, D.C. states, which, by the way, just happened to vote 90% Democrat. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't think it's radical enough. <laughs> Why don't we have 350 million states? And that way we could implement one state, one vote. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting yeah, thought. That way we could really know what the states are thinking. Ooh, yeah. I like it. No right. gerrymandering in my state. <laughs> None at all. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. If you missed any of it today, you can get the uh, the recap of what we thought hap- <clears throat> happened last night with the Democrats. Uh, it's pretty entertaining. You can find that wherever you get your podcast. Just look for the Glenn Beck uh, podcast. All right. Uh, let's talk a little about a, a few things that are that are happening in some of these sanctuary cities. Um, for instance, New York, a sanctuary city, um, somebody just lost their life. They didn't have to. Yeah. Uh, Reyes Khan, 21 year old. He, uh, got in a fight with his dad and, you know, like most fights with your dad, you know, you're going to, you're going to break a coffee cup and attack him with a broken coffee cup. That's right? just very common. Happens all the time. Uh, I'm your dad. You know, you have, uh, yeah. you have uh, younger kids. I know my seven, uh, six and eight year old are constantly breaking coffee cups and it's charging at me yeah um this uh so he did this uh it was obviously a problem he was supposed to be uh deported he was here illegally you know the really crazy ask of the federal government is hey when we have someone you catch for a crime and you bring him to to prison uh can you hold him there for 48 hours so we can come pick him up if we want to that's no. a, that's what the sanctuary city thing is all about, by the way. Like, if they, it's the city saying no, we won't hold them for forty eight mm-hmm. hours, so you can come pick them up. Mm-hmm. So they did not hold him for forty eight hours, so they could not come pick him up and deport him. So he spent that time instead murdering a ninety two year old woman as, long, as well as raping her. Uh, she's uh, gone now because this guy was not deported. Now, some would say that didn't need to happen. Mm. Some would note. That perhaps the idea mm. of letting people who are committing mm-hmm. crimes mm-hmm. on top of crimes, because they're here illegally mm-hmm. already, so they've mm-hmm. crossed that line. Then they're breaking the law while they're here, violently. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do deport them. Maybe you let no. them go to Mexico and start attacking people with coffee cups instead. No. But no, we allowed this guy to rape and murder an elderly w- woman. How about this story? The Pentagon uh, has uh, Saudi Arabian military students uh, there at the Pentagon uh, for, you know, to, to learn how to kill people. Uh, and they've just been expelled from the United States due to their ties of jihadism and child pornography. Mm. Looks like 21 of them yeah. uh, were, um, you know, part of our military training program, which has hosted one million foreign troops since 2000. 
and we just had to get rid of uh, 21 of them here just recently because ah, they're tied to jihadist movements and uh, and child porn. But uh, <laughs> pretty remarkable. I, I, it's a big number, isn't it? I mean, 21. There's, there's only like a couple hundred here. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a kind of a big number, but uh, it's a high percentage of child porn usage. So, which leads me to a story we'll have to tell you about tomorrow. This California couple that uh, lured people onto their property to steal an unsecured bike and then beat them up with baseball bats because they were tired of these criminals in their neighborhood. And so they're like, you know what, honey? You know what we're going to do? We're going to leave that bike. Don't put a lock on it. They'll pull up. They'll go try to steal it. We'll beat them with baseball bats. Guess who's in jail? Mm. As they should be. However, that's the kind of stuff when the sanctuary cities are happening, people say, I'm, I'll take care of it myself.